1: Today on the podcast, our guest is Mike Weeksner, the founder and CEO of Pockets Full of Quarters, or POC. Pockets Full of Quarters has raised $7 million, and effectively it's a universal virtual currency platform for gaming, usable across different games and platforms. Um, previously, Mike was a general partner at Rostrom Capital, where he invested in early-stage tech companies. Um, He also started a couple startups before that, which we dive into on the show. We do want to make a note that Pocketful of Quarters will not be launching their Q2 token on May 10th. Uh, We did discuss that during the pod and things change. So just want to give you a heads up on that. Uh, Fascinating conversation. Looks like a, a great project and a very passionate founder with a great founding story. So hope you feel inspired and learn from the conversation as much as I did. Here is Mike Winkster. All right. I have uh, Mike Weeksner on. Mike, I'm excited to chat with you, learn more of what you're working on. You, uh, you've you built, have been building, Pocketful of Quarters, or POQ, since 2018, I believe. Um, when you started the project or the company, what was the initial... Impetus? What was the problem you were initially trying to solve in the world?
2: Well, it's, uh, it's kind of a crazy thing. So, it's, I actually started in 2017. So, I was driving my uh, son when he was 11 years old home from school, and I explained to him how uh, Bitcoin worked. I was investing in blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. And uh, he said that his biggest problem was that he was leaving Madden, and why couldn't he get credit for his time, African coins? when he wanted to switch to Fortnite. And and I said, you know, that, that that that's kind of interesting. When I was growing up, you know, went to the arcade, you could just use quarters in all the arcade. Like, you know, I, I don't really know why video games, you know, have to be, every game has to have its own currency. And so he came up with the idea, you know, of a, of an arcade token on the blockchain. And I was still investing in companies, and so it was kind of a side project. I took him to a meetup in early 2018 and he just went, he just went viral. Like they took a little video of him talking about his idea, and uh, Tim Draper reached out and invested, and the original game designer for Medal of Honor and Call of Duty, and and the head of a game studio at THQ and and and, uh, and Nexon reached out and said he saw the same problem in the video game industry, and so it just sort of I've never seen anything like that in you know uh, in in my, all my time as a investor and, and an entrepreneur where there's just such electricity around you know an idea and a problem and a person We said, so what was the video of it was your son doing what oh they were just interviewing him and asking him like like there was a meetup and they just were interviewing people they're like why did you come to the meetup and you know he's like well i got this idea and 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 they're like wow that's that, that's kind of that's kind of uh cool he, and they was on you know they got invited on morning tv shows and and you know he's just a natural you know he would say explain it to me like i'm five years old and he was you know Eleven going on twelve, and he could he could tell everybody everything about cryptocurrency and my project. And so you know, he's he would ended up being like a keynote speaker with a uh, Joe Lubin and um and and uh, uh and and others, you know, in, in the crypto circuit. And uh, yeah, that it was it's a wow, it's kind of neat. And uh, his it, it was just from pr-
1: going to a meetup and talking about the idea and just the just the it wasn't even a project that he had built. It was just an idea that he had.
2: Well, um I mean, we've been doing a little bit on the side together, you know, trying to teach how a program. And I mean, yeah. I, oh, I mean, I, I mean, another crazy part about the whole thing is when that happened, then we decided to like hire an engineer to help us. And I recruited a uh, Janty Kanani, who went on to found uh, Polygon. He was our first Engineer and in fact uh, partially was inspired for Polygon by all of the transactions and things that started to happen, you know, on our um, on our platform and imagining, you know, how uh, Ethereum was, would never be able to uh, support what we were what we were building. Wow, that's pretty epic. Uh, so, yeah. what
1: is your did your son take this and is now working with you on it or is he just finishing school?
2: Yeah, no, he's back. He's, so, so it was kind of interesting. So he was like a little bit of a media darling and the, you know, and the conference darling for like a little while. And he said, you know, dad, I, I don't care about cryptocurrency. I care about video games. And so he, he got, he he decided that he, and and then he discovered girls and sports and he, he, he took a little bit of a break, but he's actually getting, you know, back involved in it. And it's, it's, it's really interesting. He's gone and he's, Spoken at a couple of events and, you know, we're, we'll get into this a little bit more, but, you know, the original thing is this like problem that he has. But now, you know, what do you want? He has, this, he has ideas about how to create a DAO in order to empower everybody to, to get involved, to make, you know, to make the virtual world what we want to live in, you know, in the future and take it back from, you know, the oligarchs like Mark Zuckerberg and the big game publishers that are sort of, you know, making the virtual world th- for their own benefit. So he's, yeah, he's, but he's getting, he's now getting back involved after, you know, a three year hiatus. this. Wow.
1: Uh, what would I search? I want to include this in the show notes. What would I search for to find this video?
2: Um, I'll, I'll send you the link. There's a, there's a YouTube of a seven minute. I mean, there's a bunch of them, but the, he has a, he, he won meet the Drapers and you know, he pitches, he, he pitches Tim Draper and there's some awesome moments. And then there, and then there was, you know. Uh, then there's a you know a bunch of different uh, you know YouTube videos from you know fr- from that time when when he went viral also yeah hey, w- conceptually what do you what do you think it is
1: about the idea of having a currency that that integrates into multiple games is that so important because because people play multiple games and you want to have a, a record of your progress across games I've I've heard this idea get thrown out in different formations but what what do you think people ultimately What's the end state of this? Like, what, what what are we building towards? Do you think, as an industry?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, interoperability. Is, you know, we the, the what's happened is, we you know, we've had in video games we had that free to play, and free to play in the beginning was an amazing, uh, 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 uh great experience for players because what you used to have to pay forty bucks or whatever to buy a game, and now there was you know hundreds of thousands or millions of games being launched that were all free. And so that was like a bonanza. It was like great, but what happened is that that turned into massive fragmentation. And as the industry has developed, what's happened is that you know the typical experience of a player is you download a game, you play for thirty seconds, and then you're bombarded by ads and, and paywalls. And, and and it's just it's and there's there's no there's no escaping this. It. It's 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 terrible. And and you know it's it's what people want is more like an arcade. And you go and you know I, I was like thinking about this. It's like as a parent. Like, you know, every time like my, my younger son came up to me and said, you know, I want to spend 99 cents to buy a green egg. And I'm like, and a, and a drag, a dragon egg. I'm like, no way this game is trying to crush you. You can't, you can't do that. But yet I could take him and his friends, you know, to, um, Damon Busters and I'll pay $20 for them to run around and play arcades for an hour and when they're doing that, they're not worried like, oh, this game costs 50 cents, whatever. You know, they go, they just shiny, cool, play one time, if it's fun, maybe play two more times. If it's not fun, you know, move to the, you know, move to the next game. And so that's, you know, that it that that arcade uh, spirit where you know you are respecting your time in fact you have more fun playing the same game in the arcade setting the high score competing for the high score against other people in the arcade compared to you know being able to play a free to play game you know by yourself you know it's just the it's just the i think that experience is just massively better and as we enter the metaverse—it's that's—it just becomes increasingly important. Like we have to respect people's time. We have to, and also, which means allowing them to pay for better and greater, you know, uh, experience in a way that respects them. Yeah. Do you
1: almost see it as a um, almost like a single single auth sign on? Where I'm thinking about every app and website I want to use asks for my email, maybe my phone number, my password to mm-hmm. log in, and ultimately they just want to be able to record who I am as a unique person and have a way to contact me. And so, Facebook and Google and Apple all have developed the like click one button and log in with this this website. And I think of that as being a a decrease in onboarding friction for every single website out there. Given that they don't need to own that, they would they're happily to outsource that if they can get better conversion on signups. And then I think about this in your case or in the case of gaming, where there's a high barrier to friction to get. Uh, a consumer or a player to pay the game. Like I have to, you know, if I had to put in my credit card, that would be a huge deal. But with Apple Pay, it makes it easier. If there's in-app purchases that's already connected to my credit card, it's easier. But I think of this as like decreasing the uh, the payment threshold. Is that, ki- is that kind of the benefit that you see of interoperability? Is when you go to the arcade, you, already, you, it's, you just throw the quarter in, it's super easy. Um, but we don't have that equivalent in the digital world.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's micropayments, right? That's that's and and it is about and that said even goes beyond that. So, um that's the beginning of it. The beginning of it is that um you know, it's reducing this friction uh you know that you're that, that you're talking about, but there there's two additional extensions beyond all of the things the benefits that you said. The um the second extension, the first extension is that um that um the 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 the, the, the um it, it's different than cash games like all video games have a micropayment layer like even when you think back to the day like pac-man like you didn't really pay a quarter to play a game you put a quarter in and you got a credit if you put in four quarters you got six credits so they were breaking the notion of of like like direct cash and then at the end of the game if you lose they do a random little flipper and if you match your last digit you get a free credit and so it's incredibly important for making games fun is to disassociate the payment from the way the the, the actual consumption of the, of, 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 of the, um, entertainment. So that's a really like a, a, like a, like a radical thing that I think everybody misses. If you think, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg has made two giant missed swings at this, you know, where, you know, he launched Facebook credits and it's a payment mechanism. And I mean, everybody thinks like the metaverse people are going to use. Real money and if, and yes, they're going to buy arcade tokens with real money. Like real money is going to exist, but the video game portion is going to be like a, a microtransaction system, partly for reducing friction, like you said, but also just because it makes it inherently more. It's inherent. It's the native currency for the metaverse. Um, and then the second part about this native currency of the metaverse is the uh, the other thing about the metaverse is it's going to be social and so one of the big problems in games today is people want to play multiplayer games if i invite you to the game and they all have different currencies i'm effectively schlocking this game and making you buy twenty dollars worth of currency in this game to play with me and that that's a big barrier people don't want to do that so what started off as a single player problem you know for my son is really a multiplayer problem now people are stuck in fortnite but you know if you carry the story forward he loved fortnite in the beginning but now people are on Fortnite, but there it's really hard for like the the beginning of Fortnite was like really magical because it wasn't just diehard players it was like everybody was on Fortnite, and it's really difficult to get that kind of experience uh now because of the business models you know the way that they are because it's so hard to sort of convince people to come and and play another game because of the because of the business model of of video games today do you think that the the business model
1: of web three i'm picturing when you describe these new video games <clears throat> that are yet to be built and in progress of being built they're utilizing the same core technology up front but behind the scenes they might have different payment integrations using crypto i i interviewed one guy and he gave me an interesting perspective he was deep into gaming and he said that um that these companies that build the games uh they don't they don't have an incredible incentive to integrate cryptocurrency because their database is fast it it works really well uh it's not getting hacked into so and they they can easily maintain their own ledger of of you know coins or tokens or whatever they have. And there seems to be a, 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 a disincentive to allow you to leave the game and like send money to another game if it's not made by the same company, because it'd just be like if I can share my Twitter followers with Facebook or to Google or something. How do you do? You see that as a major obstacle, even in the future, with uh, business models and.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, th- that's, that's, that's the dinosaur view and um, it has some basis in reality because this business model is serving video games relatively well today, but it's incredibly anti-player. Like the way you described it, it's like, imagine you've got subscription businesses that are based on breakage. So like the best customers we have, you know, it's like a, a gym, like the best customers we have are people who subscribe and don't go. Right. It's like the best customers we have are people who buy the currency and then they have to leave the game and, and abandon their stuff. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, fine. If you can get away with it, it's, it's, it's a fine business, uh, but it's really holding the video game business back. And so there was a similar debate with free to play. Like people were like, why should I pay millions of dollars to get the Spider-Man IP and then launch a game for free on Apple, right? Well, why? Well, because uh it's the cheapest form of marketing. Like you 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 can make money other ways, but you're going to reach a huge audience if you've got the right IP that people that people want. And so it's the same thing for video games the which is that, you know, why do you let or you know Zappos is another example like free returns like because that was the barrier for getting people to buy clothes online. And so it's like the the next generation is like, why do you let people, you know, take their coins out with them? It's because that's the that's the easiest way to get them to come in if they, once they realize that they're not going to get, they're not going to get trapped. And ultimately, just like free to play, this, uh, um, getting over this hangup in the video game industry is going to make the industry orders of magnitude bigger than it is today, right? It's a $200 billion business, but the metaverse is going to be $10 trillion or more. Like it's, and, 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 and so, and, and, and just like in free to play, like the console games and others that have the old models, they are still growing. They're just not really that relevant because three quarters of the market is free to play. So I think free to play and console games will continue to grow as they do, but this thing is just going to be a massive behemoth in the next five years that'll just dwarf, you know, everything else. And so there, there isn't like a come up. And so it's not like disruptive, like, you know, EA is going to go out of business. It's just going to be irrelevant. Where do you
1: where do you see the line there? But certainly on the EA side or uh, uh, Riot Games, you know the the line is the games that they make. So any games that they don't make is not part of Riot Games or EA. Where do you see? Is do you think of metaverse gaming as 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 games that are hosted in the cloud, computationally either run in the cloud or uh, downloaded on your computer? If there's no console, or could they run on a console like PlayStation or Xbox? Um, where do you, how, how do you, and who would make them? Would they be made by large companies or some other way?
2: I I, I, I define, you know, the metaverse is the set of interoperable games. So like right now, everything is like fragmented. And so like, I think it's really different from what like a lot of other people think. It's not, it's not about VR. It, it's really the the futures here It's just unevenly distributed. And so one of the, what we're doing is allowing like constellations of games to just quickly form and become interoperable with the with each other and that and then and so this era of consolidation that we're going to have in the next five years is going to be everyone forming co-ops you know around them there'll be giant video game companies that do that within their own ecosystems there'll be smaller companies and game developers that band together and then ultimately they're going to have to make truces amongst themselves to allow people to go you know between them and then from f- 5 years from now that will be the metaverse it'll be a bunch of these different universes where there is friction between going between them but we can we can talk about leaving ea and going to quarters and then going you know to unreal or something you know uh, you know and and so that 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 will be that 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 will be a thing mm.
1: and when you say the futures here it's just unevenly distributed are there examples of games that come to mind today that are doing this or multiple games together that are roblox making- Ro- yeah, it's a good example. Uh, and by example, what would they, what are they doing specifically? They're allowing you to move between
2: Roblox, and- Roblox. Roblox is, I mean, and it goes to your other question as well. Roblox is interesting. It's one app, one game engine, one currency. The reason it works so that streamers and other people can take their audiences and switch around between games is because everybody has Roblox. Parents are happy, just like in the arcade that I was telling you before, to give their kids $20 an allowance to spend in Robux. And if they buy a green egg or whatever, they realize that there's like, this is like capped, like you can do what you want, but it's just $20, right? And, and, and so they're already getting that. Now, the, the problem is that it's, one app and one game engine so it's got these blocky games and if you're a game developer you know you can't do a cool vr game and you can't you know you can't um you can only publish it into their app and so like it's really really limiting but but i mean like the the dynamics are interesting like the average roblox player is 300 times better lifetime value than a free-to-play game like a typical free-to-play wow and it's 1300 kits right they that, the, and again, this is about the additive. Like they cracked the nut for like how are you going to monetize kids? Right, you're not really going to give them ads. And If you did, nobody wants ads. You know, send them ads. It's illegal. Yeah. Like they they cracked this nut, um, and they created a whole new market. Like they're not really stealing from from other game developers uh, that were targeting older, paying you know pl- paying paying players.
1: Do, do you do you see that as being specific? That business model is being specifically uniquely applicable to under thirteen, where you can't show ads. So in order to monetize, you charge the parents and give the kids credits to spend in the app. Or
2: no, no, I think I think it's 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 resetting expectations. The kids that grew up with Roblox are going to go to the free to play, and they're going to be like what this is crazy just like my son he's like he's like these business models don't make any sense and then the rest of us were like oh well you know these suits have these good reasons for doing it. and he's like well screw that man that that sucks for me like i don't that doesn't make any sense let's fix that right and like now there's just a whole generation of people that expect more the only difference is when they outgrow roblox they want to have 3d awesome freaking graphics and they want to like they're expect they, they want the, they want both they're like why why do i have to give up the one currency to get the 3D stuff. I just want it all. And of course, we're going to give it to them and that's going to make the, the, the industry a lot bigger.
1: Yeah, all right. So I'm with you. Uh, what is, When you say free to play, is that games on your iPhone, Android, web, uh, it, basically just with the concept of it's free to start, but then we're going to show you ads or charge you money to up-level
2: in some way? It, is it yes, agnostic so, to the platform? It is agnostic, but you know, it's dominated by mobile. And, and yeah. I think that, that that's the, that's the thing. And, you know, we had a little bit of a resurgence with, you know, games and consoles and PCs and stuff like that because of the pandemic, but it's, it's going back, you know, you know, to, 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 to mobile and there's a really interesting opportunity and you see it again, you know, the futures here are unevenly distributed in some Asian countries and whatever, like multiplayer mobile, like whatever is the thing, right? We don't quite have that here in the, in the, in the United States, partly because of these barriers possible to market. A multiplayer mobile game other than like giant 100 million dollar shock and awe kind of campaign which is really risky and very few people can do it um but that 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 is that's one of the things that like quarters and these arcade interoperable arcade tokens. it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna i think that's one of the main things gonna be multiplayer mobile games even games that you only play for a little bit and then you give it up and you come back in nine months and you play a little bit more and just like you, you know, with mobile apps, like you know, you just cycle through them. It's not, mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't, not everything has to be Clash of Clans, which is like the exception that proves a rule. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, you know, that, that 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 that's an awesome, awesome game, and there are going to be lots of stuff like that. It,
1: it, when you say uh, Clash of Clans, by example, that's the category of games that represent people who tend to be all-consuming. So if I'm playing Clash of Clans, I'm doing I'm doing Clash of Clans only, like I'm going deep in it, as opposed to uh, having. Seven or eight different apps and games on my phone, where I just move around between them. Is that? I
2: think people playing. I think people playing Clash of Clans play multiple games. It's because it's multiplayer mobile. That's the. Oh, that's the okay. Thing. That's the part that I that I think is the most, you know, interesting part of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys have raised seven million. Is that right? And in, in
2: funding. Uh, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't disclosed how much.
1: Oh, uh, I just saw it on, online on Crunchbase. Uh, that's where oh, I got that from.
2: <laughs> oh no, I don't, I, don't, where, I don't know where Crunchbase gets its, gets its numbers. <laughs> it's
1: beyond me. I don't know, <clears throat> but yeah, have you guys? Where, where where are you guys now in terms of team size? Uh, LinkedIn has you around twenty five people. Does that sound about right? Some yeah, we're a really Yeah, uh,
2: yeah we, we're we're over thirty people. I, it's, it's kind of funny actually because my COO you know runs the the business side of stuff and he's hiring like crazy and we're hiring like crazy on the tech side and so I don't think there is a single person who actually knows exactly how many people work at the company because like I was on a conference call and went, oh wait there's there's like a new person I never <laughs> I, I never knew about on the on the call yeah there no, so we're in, we're in a rapidly growing um growing phase so uh the big the big uh, the big news on our front is that on May 10th we we're, we're launching um our cryptocurrency called uh uh our, our, our the uh the uh, our governance token called Q2 um, so that that's a big that, that, that's our big thing that's coming up.
1: If you own crypto and leave it on the exchange where you bought it like coinbase, that is a mistake. We've heard the news lately exchanges closed, accounts frozen. We're learning the hard way that crypto on exchanges is not really in your control. So what can you do about it? Well, you can get a crypto wallet and control the crypto yourself. And that's why today's show is sponsored by ZENGO. These guys realized that storing Bitcoin and storing crypto yourself can be difficult. It's risky to keep private keys. They realized this and said there's got to be a better way. So they created a crypto wallet that is fully recoverable. So say goodbye to lost Bitcoins. And the security of this wallet is incredible. It's a hacker's worst nightmare. They use a three-factor authentication, including 3D biometrics, so no one can access your wallet except for you. And ZenGo realizes that at different levels of the crypto journey, you have different needs. So they offer 27 support and have real people that are available to contact directly within the app. They have a bunch of different coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tezos, and more, and they have all sorts of NFTs available as well. So now for the first time, you can keep your crypto safe with the same tools that the big guys have used for years. Download Zengo, that's Z-E-N-G-O, and use code ATC to get $20 back on your first purchase of $200 or more. That's $20 back for your first purchase of $200 or more. Use code ATC and check out Zengo. All right, Mr. Mike. Uh pardon that brief interruption. So we were talking about where you guys are in a company, um, token launch. Let me start with why build the token and what do you hope the token will do for game developers and players?
2: Yeah, absolutely. The um, The whole idea is that uh, we're going to live the rest the the majority of our attention in life is is moving into the virtual world, and today it's controlled, you know, as I said, by a small number of oligarchs. And the purpose of having a token is to take back uh the, our our virtual future and give the control to players and creators. And you know the so the 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 token distribution goes to, to the people who are are going to build that, and then gives them the ability to uh to, to have a say in what investments you know they want to have to. You know, or do they want some next version of a cool game they're playing? It, how does that compare to you know investing in you know, goggles like you know which which is what Mark Zuckerberg thinks that we want? Uh, you know that that everyone gets to decide, and you know ultimately what that does is it makes the um, this future come faster and and uh, larger and better than it otherwise would. So I, you know I think uh having um, a, a cryptocurrency launch is is really essential. You know at this at at this time, which you know because this is happening. Fast and furious with lots of people, you know, uh, you know, with different ideas about how it should how, how it should play out. And is your
1: view that pocketful of quarters or poc token? Pocu q two. Well, sorry, POQ. Um, POQ, I like that. We just poc POQ. P-O-Q. Okay. Would you? Would that be the? Um, would that be the currency that goes between other currencies in games? So if I have a like you said, a credit system in a game or some way of tracking however the game wants to do that, would there then be like a conversion to POQ to in order to port that over to a new game?
2: Yeah. So it's um the arcade token you buy with stable tokens for a fixed price, like flexible supply. So that's just like an arcade is like you can buy $100 or $1,000 worth of arcade tokens. The money's in escrow, and then when you play games, the developers can exchange it and get the money out for providing the entertainment. But 15% of the sale of the token of quarters goes to buy and burn the Q2s. In other words, it's distributing the revenue to um, to, to to the investors of the Q2 token. So it's 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 so that it really is like a governance and a governance and investment token so that you can participate in deciding what the future should be and then making good decisions, you'll participate financially and how big and, and how, how much revenue is distributed to, uh, to to investors.
1: Let me let me break this down a little bit to make sure I understand this. So the launch will be bam, there's a million tokens. Do you think of it as an initial launch where there's airdrops and tokens are distributed to a number of different people? Uh, so that's that happens. Then there is a initial allocation for investors that have invested in POQ as a company. That would be like uh, your shares or investor shares. Mm-hmm. Is that is that right? The way to think about that?
2: Yeah. So there's just to be clear, there's two tokens. The Quartus token is launched and is being used by millions of people today. The new launch is for the Q2 token. And then now within the Q2 token, you know, you're right. We've got um, a medium post that, you know, describes how the tokenomics and how we're going to, you know, distribute it to, um, you know, to streamers, players, game developers, and and investors. How did you, how did you, Make that decision on tokenomics. I'm
1: always fascinated by founders and how you came up with the decisions you made. Was there was it a straightforward process when you sat down and thought about the different economics or incentive systems, or was there particularly difficult aspects of to- the tokenomic design that you found that just took a lot longer to research and come up with decisions?
2: Yeah, I, it's been it's been a um, a very um, deliberate process to To come up with it. So, you know, we've, we, we could have launched and, and really George and my COO, my son, George, and, and our COO, Tim has been very frustrated by this because like in 2017, it seemed like a good time, you know, to launch a token, but we didn't have the answers to some of these questions then. Actually, the most important question was how can you do it in a regulatory compliant way? And so a lot of what's important about the ecosystem that we're creating is fun safe and interoperable that we've been a leader in thinking through regulatory issues and so in the you know we have the first and only you no know, action letter from the sec clearing our arcade token to be sold as a consumer product and not as a security and that's that's really, really important for getting the video game companies to adopt it. But we had to slow down because it's not clear when you launch a cryptocurrency, how can you do that in a, in a, in a, in a, in a safe and compliant way? And we have a patent pending technology for using SMS to, um, uh, to, to allow people to prove what geography they live in. And unfortunately, that means we have to exclude US, uh, per, uh, people from participating in the, in the token launch, but we can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but we can become decentralized and you, and eventually everybody in the world, including people in the United States will be able to participate. Just not in the beginning. That's, you know, it's unfortunate. Like I, I think that there's a lot of lessons from cryptocurrency. The regulators are behind, but it's the world that we, we live in. And. You know, our mission is to is to create, you know, this, the, you know, to to change the virtual world in the future. And this is a path. This is a this is a legal, regulatory compliant path that's available to us while the regulators, you know, sort out their yeah, their their issues.
1: Is it is it a matter of the SEC having some uh, precedent for what you're trying to do is illegal, or is it just too unclear? Uh, like, what what specifically is the reason why you can't launch in the U.S
2: it's um it's i mean it's like literally like the definition of a of a security so it's yeah. it, you know is yeah. the value of an investment related to um a common promoter and so the gray area is at what point are you decentralized enough so we are a decentralized currency and this 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 dao that we're creating is decentralized the safest thing to do is to push off that day of reckoning with the sec and other regulators and make it you know continue to to do the things that we've been doing to, 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 to make it truly, you know, decentralized. So that's the, that's the rub and people take different, different choices. I mean, you know, there are actually some of the like super dire crypto people sort of, you know, thumb their nose at our no action ladder. They said, you know, look, this is not helpful. Like we need, you know, everything's decentralized and don't worry about it. And just, you know, YOLO do, do, do what you want to do. And, and, you know that I mean people make different choices that's not that's obviously not the choice that we made but that's that's really the, the 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 question is like can you can you become decentralized enough and so by doing it this way we'll have streamers the developers investors players all you know you know really having true control and then and then and at that point there's no you know i, I think it'll everyone including regulators will agree that it's compliant uh, you know easily agree.
1: Yeah, definitely. It seems like a path forward for U.S. regulators to see that it's useful to have people in other countries. But man, what it, what it it bites though, because it's like people in the U.S., uh, we're losing the, we're losing ground, right? We're not the first ones to launch. They were not the first ones to adopt it. It's Mm -hmm. like, now's the freaking time, guys, like to make this stuff clear and, uh, and, and logical. Have they taken any steps to, you mentioned the no action letter, the no action letter refers to a question you asked them, which was, is the Q2 token a security?
2: No, no, it's about quarters. I want to be super clear about that. Okay. okay. And, and so, I mean, so if you want to dive into this a little bit, it's kind of an interesting thing. So the SEC, yeah. they are cops. So imagine you're going to have a party at your house and you don't want to get by the cops. Like. The cops are not in the business of like giving you a letter saying you can have a party. We're not going to bust you. So a no action letter. That's what a no action letter is. Well, why, why would a cop ever, um, issue a letter like that? Well, the answer is. The only reason why they want to do it is in order to create models for people to have compliant parties. And so they say, you know, you have to hire uh, people to drive the cars and you, you know, you have to, you know, make the noise go off at 11 o'clock. And, and like, so what they, they the one person can go through and, and sort of say, here's how I'm going to have my party. And they'll say, if you do it this way, you're okay. And it's actually, it's not just for us. It could be for anybody, but they, they want to get out there a real company that's doing something, which can give guidance to other people about uh, how to do it in a a regulatory compliant way. And this is why some people in the industry are are a little bit unhappy because just because what we're doing is compliant doesn't mean other things but other more aggressive things aren't compliant but it's a really really safe thing it's sort of like if you only have eight people at your party and people go home by eight o'clock at night and you don't serve drinks this is compliant like that's that's kind of like oh that's that's like awesome but like who cares right that's that's a little bit of like you know the, the, the 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 debate that that's going on there of course we think it's really important because Th- th- this is necess- this is all that is necessary to get billions of people onto the blockchain, so like let other people fight about other stuff like we got our ticket let's go yeah yeah it's really it's really not productive and
1: emotionally frustrating I feel to compare the current state of affairs to the ideal world because when you do that, you just immediately get down and you feel like uh just disappointed in the future saying like, oh, we should already have the regulatory system that is now perfectly set up. There shouldn't be any friction. It's like, whether it's healthcare or the financial sector or the transportation sector or the political sector, whatever a sector it is, it's like, it's going to be imperfect and it's going to require a lot of work to change people's minds and then to change the operations and infrastructure of these systems. But it's like, that's that's what evolution is. That's, that's how you grow. So to your point, you throw the party at eight, don't serve alcohol and move the ball forward. When you say throw the throw the party that closes at eight close and don't serve alcohol, what, what's the technical understanding of what you mean by that for quarters to have this no action response from the SEC on their uh, yeah, security the, statement?
2: The, the key thing is um, the innovation that we had by putting transfer controls into the contract. So um, like all other arcade tokens, first of all, You can buy every time you buy it. You can buy, it's a stable price. You always buy more at the same price. You can buy as much as you want. Uh, but then when you have those tokens, you can't transfer them to other players. So you can't use it to buy drugs or, or anything else. You can, you can only use it in approved, uh, by, by developers, approved developers that are do, that are providing entertainment, you know, that, that, that's like defined, you know, as something which we recognize as a consumptive thing. And then only those people are then allowed. To get the money out of the escrow and so the game developers can accept and give quarters players can't um you know can't send it between each other and these um these restrictions and the controls that we put around them are what you know the, the you know, the, the, the why the sec was like and it's an existing system that already plugs in the games so we're not we're not like you know um building the system with you know you know pre- by pre-selling the quarters so like that all of that was like, like like a really safe bundle. That's the eight people leaving at eight when they're drinking. Mm. Yeah. Do you, do you
1: draw an analogy to how casinos work? You go to a casino, you buy the chips, and you play with the chips at whatever table you go to. The chips are useless if I go to... I mean, if you're in Vegas, people probably would accept chips at like a restaurant. Uh, but <laughs> but practically speaking, they're, they're not useful currency for anything. Is that how Cordis is designed effectively?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think that's pretty close. And, it, and that's a really interesting analogy because also if you dig into the technology aspect of it, it's, uh, it's kind of part of our model of like how to scale. I told you Janet Kanani, you know, was our original engineer. And like the idea is basically that, um, you need to watch the, the cage where you buy and sell chips very carefully. But when people are running around the casino if they drop a a, a token you know uh, a token in the toilet or tip a waitress or whatever with a with a casino uh chip it's like that's that that that's a lower stake thing right and so you know, i think you know with you know you know now for 5 years we've been thinking about this as like the layer 2 you know uh solution is going to be the transfer of these chips like that doesn't really matter and and there's a lot of cool things with like zero knowledge proofs where we can do things where you know you were talking in the beginning about some of the concerns that game developers have which is really true like your game needs to know that your transactions were okay my game needs to know that my transactions were okay but a player like jennifer she only she needs to be able to see that the transactions in both of our games but only hers and so how can you selectively share that and and zero knowledge proofs can do that so in addition to being you know being cheaper and faster and you know all of these things can be done if you do it that way but ultimately when you settle up and now you want to get paid and pay you know your team for building the game and so on and so forth. Then that has to be on the layer one. uh, uh the, That that part of the contract has to be executed there because now you're now you're taking money out of the escrow. It's out. It's gone, and you can do whatever you want with it. Like once it's you know what, what, what once it out once it's out. And so yeah, that model also drives um the how, how we think about the, the tech platform that we're building.
1: Hmm. And effectively, the the quarters token has been the focus for the, or your company for the last. X number of years, and then uh, when you went to when you when you think about growth, is has growth traditionally been getting game developers to integrate the token into the games? Is that kind of the business focus? Yeah.
2: Yeah, So we started off actually by hosting third party tournaments, meaning that like you use quarters as like a ticket, and then you can play competitive games, and then it's also a prizing token, and that's great. We've become a a community partner for Epic and Fortnite, um, and. And other games and so, you know, it's, and that's great because we're creating a marketplace between players and games. And so the game developers, you know, the like a classic marketplace, game developers wanna be where the paying players are and the paying players wanna be where the great games are, right? How do you get that jump started? And so, you know, today people wanna play Fortnite, tomorrow they're gonna wanna play something else, but we're attracting all of the you know, the top Fortnite players in the world onto our, on our platform by hosting the best tournaments. And then, and that's a, that's a much lower lift to become a community partner for, uh, Epic than it is to, um, have them replace V-Bucks with quarters, right? So, um, uh, so yeah, that, that, that's like the first step. And then the second step, and this is where the magic with the Roblox stuff starts up. And it's where we are today, where we're, you know, we're bringing on, uh, dozens and, and soon hundreds of, of game developers on the platform to have native integration. Um, Cause I think that's, I mean, that, that's, that's far and away a better experience than, than, than just running third-party tournaments. Mm. And the third-party tournaments would be that you play the
1: game and then you get rewarded in the token uh, quarters outside of the, uh, outside of the game. It's just like you play this tournament, you win, and then you get quarters.
2: That's right. And then you can go to the prize store and you can get V-Bucks a gift card and you can go buy in the game. So we, it, the loop is almost there. The only thing you can't do is exchange skins and things for, for quarters. There's no, or, or buy quarters in, uh, in, in, in um, in Fortnite, but you can go, you can go from quarters, uh, to V-Bucks, but you can't, you know, you can't go, you can't return. I see. How did you know you needed to
1: make another token? I mean, clearly having one would be nice, uh, but you you said, "Hey, we want to have Q 2 Was this obvious from the get go? Was there a moment when you realized, "Oh, we need to rethink this or make a new, completely new token"? How did how no, was that process?
2: That, that was that was from from early two thousand eighteen. That was mm. there, there was always a two token model. I mean, if you think back to that time. Like there were not the stable coins didn't exist. Like like mm-hmm. quarters is the original stable token, and so there has to it, it, there has to be a cryptocurrency. And the cryptocurrency, you know, as I was saying, you you're asking about George. You know, the the, the solves his the immediate problem, but the Q2s is about solving the meta problem, like you know, wrestling control overall, like not just a point. So you know, even an important point solution. So it's always been you know it's always been you know part of the part of the idea there's been that i would say there's been one major shift in that which is we started off because we wanted to make this easy to understand we would distribute the revenue uh the 15 percent was originally as royalties um but the strong feedback was to um to distribute it you know in the buy and burn model which is a lot more efficient in a lot of ways um and the second thing that, that changed, you know, that with a smart contract was developers and everybody gave strong feedback. They wanted to get paid in stable tokens. You know, they wanted to get like, like, they wanted to understand how they get paid. And like, we had some complexities, like in the way that we were paying out developers. Um, that I, I, maybe over time they're going to turn out, you know, to be necessary, but. They, they, you know, they were getting in the way of, you know, adoption. So we basically we simplified, we simplified that, uh, you know, more. It's more, it's more close to the Roblox model, except we're paying out, you know, more than more than double what what, what Roblox pays out to um, to developers.
1: Hmm. Is that because Roblox takes a portion of it for their company proceeds? Or why? How do you have the extra margin to do that?
2: Well, so, I mean, the, the the immediate answer is exactly what you're saying. Like Roblox keeps 70%. I mean, look, they're, you're, you're, we're both doing something similar, which is like we're marketing a token for an arcade. So we're collecting the players, players and getting them to pay. right? So that's huge value to the participants. Uh, we're doing something very different than Roblox, which is they need to pay... They need the, the company, is isn't just wanting profits, they need to keep on investing and in, in maintaining the game engine that they have. Mm. So it's extraordinarily expensive to do that. And so that's what they're doing. Instead, what we do is we say, bring your own engine, pick whatever game engine you want. And so it creates a lot more variety in terms of where you can play and and, and what kinds of games you can make, but we don't have that cost. It's you know, what we're, we're not yeah. we're not trying to compete on the game engine side.
1: Yeah, and the games should have enough money coming in from the people playing the games that are paying through the Q2
2: token. Is that right? Is that right way to think? Yeah, spending they, the Q2 they, token. They, pay, they pay directly, so it's 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 paying players, people who have bought the quarters. The Q2 the Q2 tokens are um, beneficiaries of what's going on in 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 the ecosystem, and the money that we're raising is going to help catalyze. You know the the system will you know will uh, incentivize you know games, and we already are doing this with our partners to to bring them on. So you know it's not just if you build it, they will come, but you know we can have some really great games because you know we can basically share. Like it gets, this starts to answer the question, like why should EA join um, a POQ? Well, the answer is if we, you know if we give them five percent of our tokens or something like that. Then they, have, then they own a piece of the future of video games in exchange for bringing something that players really, really want. Like getting EA to participate in a shared ecosystem would be a massive win for for players, right? So, um, you know, I, that, that's you know, I mean, that, that's a little bit pie in the sky. I'm just you know giving it as an for mm-hmm. example, but but you know, that's yeah. that's that's how we can leverage Q2s in order to make everybody happy, and ultimately that would make EA more money, and players uh, would be able to have better experiences.
0: So this podcast is released
1: uh, after you've launched the Q2 token. With that being said, is there any game companies that that are notable that are that are bought in to this? Would you call it a what would you call it like a co- token launch sale? So initial, it's not an ICO, right?
2: Or or would it be? Would you consider it an ICO T- a token generating event? Yeah. Uh, token generating event, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, we have, we uh, there's another announcement that I can't I can't make, but yes, uh, uh, uh there's a, stay tuned. <laughs> we have, stay tuned, stay 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 tuned. That we, we we have, we have some exciting news. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sweet. Uh,
1: so I'm I I think I wrapped my head around the quarters launch. Did you want to add something?
2: No, no, I, I was going to say, and I did mention that we're, you know, we're community partners with Epic and we have over a hundred games that are doing tournaments. And we also have, uh, you know, several dozen games that have, you know, smaller independent games that have, um, the token directly integrated. I'll shout out one of them in particular called Stream Arenas because it's, it's a really cool implementation. So what Stream Arenas is, is a game that you can play in Twitch in the chat. So you you issue commands. And so one of the things you could do is you can put a bounty on, let's say, um, I put a bounty on your head, four hundred quarters. And now Jennifer comes and she kills you in the game just by like typing commands, and then she'll get four hundred quarters and an NFT trophy to commemorate the the accomplishment. And like all of the like the the, the quarters that I had to uh, pony up to get the bounty and everything is all like just handled through 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 through, through Twitch chat. So and that and it's obviously a it's a cool game, popular with streamers, kind of like it's a shared screen, right? Because like we're all looking at the same, you know, the same thing playing together, you know, compared to let's say Fortnite. We're playing together, but we all have our own first person, you know, views mm-hmm. in, in 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 Fortnite. So you know that's a and it, and it has some clever dynamics, you know, like these social dynamics about this, you know, the quarter is a, not just a game token, but a, a social game token. I, so what do you think about this
1: from a meta-perspective. Where do you think we're, we're going as a society here? Do you see this as uh, we're... You ever see the movie Matrix? You must yeah. have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you see this as that by by analogy there, we're, we're moving our conscious minds into a a space where there's, there's always some... You can be in different games, but there are different universes effectively where they have different rules of gravity and they look different and they have different mm-hmm. objectives... Uh, they're they're designed entirely different. D- do you see this as being what humans are destined to do? In a sense, like Ready Player One is, we have the the outside world, which is kind of dilapidated and crumbling down, but inside these games, it's incredible, and this is where this is all we care about. Wait, how, how do you see it from a fifty thousand, hundred thousand foot level?
2: Yeah, I I, I look at. Um, there is a competition between screens and reality and yeah. screens are taking massive share and i think we're only about 12 to 18 months away from where the typical person on the globe spends more time in front of the screens than in the real world that's a pretty interesting moment in 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 history now some of these fantasy things in terms of like the immersiveness of the experience and things like that obviously that's not happening for a majority of people majority of the time in 12 months it's cell phones it's computer screen but mostly cell phones that 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 are dominating you know uh people's times And so that's why people like are excited about ar first before vr because i mean i would say that like playing candy crush in the back of the bus is is a little bit of actually an ar experience i mean you're in the real world but you're mostly focused on what's happening you know in your in your game um so i think you know in in the in the five-year time frame that's like a little bit more like where it is now you want to extrapolate you know a bit a bit a bit farther i think that the virtual world is going to be orders of magnitude bigger than the real world and but it's not going to um it's really not in competition it's all additive so uh, you know I, I i use this example to be provocative like digital beer is going to be better than <laughs> and this i use it provocatively like, cuz it's really hard to imagine like what the what the hell does a digital beer even like mean right but if you get more utility out of this digital beer than a real beer well now what's interesting is that there's no cost to make or distribute the digital beer so all of spending and consumption however, is going to go to that digital beer but the creation of that digital beer doesn't have any impact on how many real beers that we have like the real beer c- consumption is based on how how uh, how much It costs to make and distribute, you know, beer in the real world, which is very, very costly. So I think that's like, if you want to like extrapolate that, you know, across everything, it's like, you know, everybody's real world is going to continue to get better the way that it has, you know, it's just that most of what we care about is going to be in the virtual world. You do think that first part is true, that every,
1: everybody's real world experience is going to continue to get better just as it has?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, I see no, I see no reason. Like you know, um, you know, the, you know, the, a lot of the, like, like to take travel or something like that. Like first thing that's going to happen is that everybody can go to Paris virtually, right? But I don't, I don't. Is that going to undermine people's desire to go to Paris? No, I think, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know anything is going to increase awareness, if more people are going to want to go to Paris. They're still going to be, const- you know, and so there'll be a marginal increase, but we still have to figure out how to you know get airplanes to be more efficient and less costly if we're going to want to have more people go visit paris so and i and i think that'll you know that'll you know that'll happen so yeah I, i i think that you know the like remember that a lot of these science fictions are intentionally dystopia if we let mark zuckerberg decide what's going to happen it'd probably be like ready player one right one person controls everything and it's a disaster um but we don't, we have a choice. We can do something different. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you about this. Cause you, you mentioned him a few
1: times. So I, I view Mark's, uh, I watched his presentation on the metaverse and it is seemingly to me, the attitude he has is we want to build the tools. They want to build the hardware and the software tools that people can use to build in the metaverse. Uh, do, do you feel like they are not, they are potentially a, a bigger harm to the evolution of the metaverse than, than a help? Uh, because it seems like we need, we need computational, you know, high computationally powerful hardware, AR, VR glasses, like the, the iPhone. It feels like Apple's big, biggest products could still be in the future if they develop amazing AR and VR technology. Um, I, how do you see it? Do you not see these large companies and these huge teams as necessary in building out uh, hardware, software, platforms?
2: Yeah. No. I, I look, uh, I guess uh, I I want to distinguish between like his ultimate goal for doing this, and as they are saying, like the thing, the, some of the concrete steps that he's making. And so, I mean, probably you know, you know, the investment in the goggles, or whatever, is definitely accelerating. You know, that you know that that aspect, and then that is going to Play a role in getting adoption sooner for immersive worlds and things like that, um, but I mean, it really is like what's his like what's his, his true purpose? And I'll give you like two concrete examples about Meta in particular. First of all, if you, they they stranglehold the uh, Oculus store, there's only 300 games. So if you want to make a game, you can't get it in the Oculus store. So like that's horrible, right? I mean, we're in a where it should be a thousand flowers bloom right now, and then similarly like. One of the things I think is going to be one of the most interesting um applications in VR will be like social experiences. I mean, like this podcast would be even better if we were in the in a virtual yeah, room, you know, walking in dream and like so cool and and what what mm-hmm. he, yeah right that'd be awesome right? But he's he's prevented that by the it's it, it's truly it costs fifty cents uh fifty percent tax if you use the they only have one of these kinds of experiences that they control and there's a fifty percent tax if you do it they have a thirty percent Tax for, but doing any economic transaction within our app store. And they add an additional 20% for things that happen in this one app, which is, you know, one of the best, you know, apps for walking around. So the, the, you know, what they're doing right now, you know, on the technology front, maybe that's going to, you know, ultimately get opened up, but like right now it's like the, 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 you know, they're, I I wouldn't say they're harming the, the, the future. I just think that they're, they're a lot less relevant. You know then they w- then they ought to be because of they they're they're holding themselves back you know right. with with you know with these kinds of things
1: specifically on the on the currency model side, so instead of taking a more decentralized um, quote unquote open approach to the payment methods, they take an apple approach, which is the walled garden we control what games are in, we control the revenue flow, we take a thirty percent tax on everything. It seems like a straight up you know this is how Apple does it, this is how we're going to do it, whereas they no, could no. have created a token.
2: It's a little bit different than that. Um, they've made a lot of mistakes. They've actually, I think they're, they're looking at Xbox even more than Apple. So the original, uh, video game distribution model was subsidize the development of the platform and give people cheap computers to run games and then restrict the games that are on it so you can charge a higher price. Hmm. That's how Xbox works and continues to work. And, that's the model. So they're like two generations, like the, uh, that, that, you know, the, the, this is the Dick Cheney model, right? And, and, then, <laughs> and then, and then, um, you know, from the first administration and then, and then, then the Dick Cheney from the, from, from the Bushes, the free to play, right? And that's, uh, and that's, and, the, and they're not even doing, they're not even doing that because the reason that, Apps are free, and the, it's partly because of their decision to make it a hundred bucks a year for developers to have an account and no cost for listing. And so there's a race to the bottom, you know, with with apps. Now it's turned out that that's you know created a lot of creativity, and there's an app for that, and you know all that all all, all all that stuff. So you know that that's the next generation. But yeah, they've they're 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 not. And then and then you know whether it's the cryptocurrency stuff that they've messed up or what we're talking about here, it's like you know they 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 they're you know they're. They're, I think they're just really looking at too much, like, how, how 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 is this going to be, like, if this works, this is going to be, like, so awesome for us. And they're not thinking, what do players want? Like, what do what do people, like, they're not, like, if there were a company, a big company that disappeared tomorrow that you wouldn't care about, it's like, wh- wh- how would your life be different if Mather disappeared? You, don't, you wouldn't care, right? Nobody, nobody, could. in fact, some people would be happy. Like, you know, it's, it has so much negative, you know, will towards that, you know, towards that, towards that company. I mean, compared to Apple, right? Like, yeah, you know, if you lose your, your iPhone, it's like, do not, do not pass go, cancel all your meetings, go to the, uh, go to the uh, Apple store and buy another phone. Like you, you like literally you, w- you won't even go to the bathroom. You're going to go and get another phone. Right. Um, really different than, than, uh, yeah. how really think about like Facebook and Instagram and, and so on.
1: Yeah. It's well, Instagram, I'd say the impact to people is, is tremendously varied because some people make a livelihood on Instagram and it's like where they spend all their time all day long. Mm-hmm. Some people don't check it at all. Whereas almost everyone has a smartphone and whether it's Android or Apple is, you know, one the right. two or something else. Uh, but your point, yeah, still very valid. Um, I'm curious to ask more about you. So you also you run uh Pocket of Quarters, which I'm sure you think about all these questions all the time. You also are a partner at a VC firm, uh Rostrum Capital, is that right? How, how much how do you split your time percentage-wise?
2: Oh, I'm I'm basically 100% of Pocket Full of Quarters. So what Rostrum uh you know so I manage the existing portfolio uh which doesn't take that much time, but the you know the that was investing in uh early, you know, was this it was raising a second fund to re- invest in blockchain technologies and that all got put on sort of hold when, uh, when pocket quarters took off. Hmm. And, and when you, before
1: you jumped into that, you were, were you doing that full time for years, uh, investing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I was also, um, a partner in a, in a, in a small hedge fund. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to hear your story
1: here because, um, i 've done some investing uh, people ask me about the life on the other side of the table investing in companies oftentimes when people jump into becoming an investor, especially later in their career after they had successful companies, they tend to just do that for the rest of their career, build a fund, raise multiple funds within their their fund uh or their firm. Did you feel like that was your trajectory at some point, and then just you became captivated by this concept or had you been on the other side of the spectrum where you're looking to jump back in to start a company and this was the perfect opportunity how, how do you yeah no, how did you I, think w- about
2: that? I was not i was not looking to jump to jump back in at all i i was i was in fundraising mode for the next fund so i it was totally unexpected and in fact i mean my biggest regret was that i got so starry i i got so like the you know, when I was in the beginning, when it was like a cute side project, I was like, well, this is kind of interesting because you can figure out what the picks and shovels are. You know, if you're actually trying to do something, you can figure out what the landscape is. And so then when Janty was working for us and said he wanted to spin out and do something like, I was like, you know, I, I you know, I don't have time to think about that investment. I didn't, you know, I, it was a, you know, it was a $2 million valuation. So, uh, you know, the- Polygon? 000- Polygon, yeah. So a hundred thousand dollar investment would be worth Somewhere between five hundred million and a billion dollars today.
1: So good thing you didn't do that, <laughs> but, otherwise you might not be working on pocket of quarter cor- pocket of little quarters.
2: Maybe, maybe, yes, yeah, maybe no. I don't know. You, you, you can throw all the winds up you want, right? Like there, there's, there's not. It's not an either or. So, but, but my point being that, like, that, like I, I, I got so blinded because of all of the positive response that, like, the original purpose of having a side project or helping with it, like, a totally, you know, push to the, to the way, to, to the wayside. And I think that, you know, generally, you know. I would say that, you know, entrepreneurship is the, is the worst thing you can do. And the only reason to do it is if you really, it's like you rule out all the other options. (laughs) Like you, Mm -hmm. you, you you can't find the company that like does the thing that you want to do and help them. Like that's, it's always like, like a better risk reward than, than, than starting your own thing. And then, but when, when, when something happens like this, that there's no choice, then, you know. Then, then you get pu- pulled into it. There, there's, mm-hmm. I think, those are the the best stories about 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 companies. Um, I mean, you I know, know, with Y Combinator and things like that, there's a there's a little bit more magic in terms of like or alchemy. To, you can, you know, repeatable process for creating a company. But um, I think mostly this is it's this is for most people. This yeah. Is a, a better a better a better way to think about it. So you
1: had, uh in my understanding, is you had your son's story, which his interviews were popular. You hired a, a great first developer, uh, which I'm sure kickstarted a lot of the basic infrastructure you have. Uh, was there something else that led you to have the conviction to jump in, or was it those two things and realizing, hey, all of a sudden this is this is going to be a life changing direction? Had you personally been very interested in gaming or crypto? Previously, or was there, was there something else? Or, uh, I'm so curious when people make big life changes like that, what the, what you need to make that change? W- what, when did you feel like, okay, that's enough. I've seen enough. I'm going to stop investing, leave the fund and go and bam, kick ass and pocket full of quarters.
2: Yeah. It was, I, I think it was the viral moment when, 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 yeah. because the thing is, I don't have a gaming background, although I did actually, uh, program computer games in high school and in college and, like thought, I I was never involved in the industry, but I you know I I, I actually like that even more than playing games. When I was um, a kid, I created a you know from scratch with a friend. I created a, a like what, what we call like an Ultima online creator, you know, see, like a game like a, a kit for people to make games with. You know, when I was in high school, so like I I, I care about games, but uh, but I don't know the game industry. And then when when George did that, and you have the player focus, and then the game industry reached out. I, and then there was, I guess there was a couple of like moments, but when the game industry reached out, it was really interesting because I have connections in the game industry. And I took George to go meet some senior, you know, game executives. And when it was just the two of us going in, there was like the antibodies kicked in, you know, a lot of the things you're saying, it's like, ah, whatever, like stupid kid idea, you know, ha- I have a piece of candy on the way out. And I'm like, you know, it didn't, you know, it, it, but then when we go into the games and we had the, the game executives with us, and then the, now they're worried about, you know, you know, crypto and blockchain is the future and they're worried about, you know, what side they're going to be on it. Like it was really, like really different. Um, But uh, yeah, so I think, I think those, those were, those were some of the, you know, some of the things I did have, as I said, this hedge fund, I had a little bit of a hedge in the beginning, like the first, like nine months, but actually, I mean, that was one of those telltale signs. It's like I couldn't figure out how to get out of that. Like I wanted to get out of that and spend more time. And part of the reason I think we probably got delayed a bit because I was splitting my time, you know, in the beginning. So maybe that's part of the story. It's like when I was really getting frustrated that, you know, that these things might pass by because I wasn't able to spend full time. That was that was part of the decision to you know to keep, you know, to keep jumping in. But you know, I am an entrepreneur at heart, and you know, I I knew about crypto from two thousand eleven. I've been think you know you know you know not actively but always. Possibly, like I knew, I knew it was the future, but I didn't know exactly what to do. Investing was—it's kind of like a placeholder. Like I want to get involved. I want to figure out, like you know, to, how to how to insert myself into this story that's that's going. And then, obviously, creating a company with a real need is the best way to you know to you know to do that. Yeah, and
1: were you largely investing money that you had made from your previous companies and and endless TV and uh, E! The people? Well, either it, people's did non-profit. you guys raise profit
2: Okay. Either people's non-profit, yeah. So, yeah. But yes, yeah. And
1: did you raise and, outside well,
2: well, yeah. What's that? Uh, yeah, a bit, a, bit, a bit past the past the hat. You know, I, it wasn't... It, it was exploratory. You know, I think that raising a real fund is like a 7, 10, 15-year commitment. So yeah. there was a little bit of like, hey, do I like this? Am I going to be good at this? So, yeah, it was... Yeah, it was. Uh, th- 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 I, would, I would describe it like that.
1: Yeah, I think raising a real fund, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's probably a bigger commitment than it is starting a company, and raising money, because you can't just. It's 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 actually ironically easier to shut a company down, return capital, or just shut down. Period. Than it is to shut down a VC firm and give back money in the firm, or, you know, I guess you could.
2: Give them the share could, or something. Yeah. yeah,
1: could do that. But man, it's, uh, it's, it seems like yeah. it's a, uh, you know, people I've seen that if I have friends who run firms and they, you know, I, I don't, I, I can only name like a couple that have left or, uh, shut down the firm entirely, but it just rarely, really happens.
2: They turn to the zombies.
1: Yeah. 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 Anything else you want to throw out there? Are you actively writing or tweeting or is there any, uh, authors or people you want to shout out that have been influential to you through your learning experience?
2: Um, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, I do tweet a bit. Um, so I'm at Weeks, W E I K S. Um, you know, I, I like to think that I have a lot of insightful things that are there, but I'm not like, uh, you know, like a, Ch- chit poster you know engaged, so like you know, I, I've, I, you know i've got thousands of people that follow me but not millions of you know people that 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 um that follow me and uh yeah i mean that's a it's a it's a great question i maybe you could be more 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 specific i guess in terms of i mean you're like asking like what, what's my information diet i mean i guess sure. the most interesting stuff that i get comes from you know some private signal groups yeah. That I'm in. Um, the people I follow on Twitter are really good too, but, um, uh, but, but that's, you know, I, I those, those are the main places that I get, that I get information. Is that, is that signal groups of friends of
1: yours talking about the gaming crypto world specifically?
2: Um, it's a, it's a mostly a crypto focused group. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know any, any good. Look, the game, uh, crypto gaming is like essentially bullshit. So there's, there's nobody who calls himself crypto game that I probably want to talk to. Mm. Play to earn is not really game. It's another form of speculation. And so, you know, the people are, you know, the the people are doing that are, 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 you know, basically disingenuous, trying to make money fast. Right. And that's not the kind of people I'm interested in that I think there are, there are a lot of people in crypto who are trying to build real things. And so that's, that's like the kind of crypto group that, that, that I, I join. Um, I'd love to be in, you know, more game industry. Stuff. I don't I, you know I, I basically rely on my my you know my team's connections and and conferences and things like that for mm-hmm. you know for my game my game stuff and and, and 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 frankly that's that's really one of the most fun parts of the job is that you know I've got dozens of calls with game developers every week you know opening their eyes to the possibilities of interoperability because the game developers are incredibly creative and you know I had one you know the I, I Sky is a public company in China that Wants to launch some games with our platform, and you know they said, you know, this is like um, Angry Birds or um, Fruit Ninja. These were simple games that that utilized the new possibilities of the Apple API. And he's like, look at all these games that we could create just around your, your API that was never possible before. And I love that, and that. Like sparking that kind of creativity is, you know, is 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 is, is really great. You know, it's not, and it's people come up with ideas that didn't exist before. Nobody is writing about them because they don't they don't, they don't really exist yet.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it, man. It feels like you're re- on the real frontier of uh, this. It's like uh, merging the world of gaming and crypto to make it much more interoperable. And you guys are on the tip of the spear of pushing pushing us forward. So congrats on all the progress. Um, yeah, you. hope you guys keep crushing it. I really enjoyed talking to you, Mike. Um, and we'll include show notes for the video of your son and the white paper and anything else you send over so all right. thank I'll you. let you around man thank you sir um, pleasure thank you thank you for listening to Around the Coin if you enjoyed the show today consider giving us a quick review wherever you listen to podcasts tweet about it or text it to a friend we really appreciate all the support and growing that we can if you have any guests you'd like us to bring on or feedback for us don't hesitate to reach out we would love to hear from you
0: T.Co. See you